Hi there, you're listening to the Venture Builder Map podcasts. My name is Andries DeVos. I'm the co-founder of Slash, a Singapore-based venture builder. Every week I come together with brilliant minds to talk about how venture building is changing the way startups are incubated and corporate innovation is evolving. My guest today is Jori Clemens, a partner of XLR8, a Belgium-based accelerator of B2B technology and enterprise startups. He's also the co-founder of Belgium-based venture studio Osmosis, which created and spun off multiple venture-backed startups in collaboration with corporate partners. Yori has a deep innovation and product consulting background and is uniquely positioned to speak to the challenges of corporate venture building and how to think about setting up innovation capabilities that deliver enterprise outcomes repeatedly. Thanks so much for joining us today, Yori. You and I spoke briefly about this. I remember when, when we start speaking about venture building, this is probably about pre-COVID. This is end of 2019, I think. You, you told me something very interesting, uh, which is that you felt that Europe was perhaps not as developed as Asia when it comes to venture building. I'd be curious, like, where does that, you know, where does that come from, that idea? Uh, and sort of what is the history you know, of venture builders in Europe and in Belgium? The concentration of venture builders in Europe is, is, is just lower. How does it come? Um, in my opinion, there are, there are two reasons for that. First of all, the access to really early stage funding is just lower. Um, in Europe, we are historically always more prudent, more careful in, in adopting new models. Um, and if you compare it to, to Asia or to, uh, to the United States, we just have a competitive disadvantage with regards to access to this pre-seed funding. I think this is this is one reason. The second reason for me is um, the fact that although we have a European Union, the landscape is just much more scattered. And because of this, uh, launching a B two C venture in Europe is is much more difficult. It's it's much more difficult and much more expensive because your marketing budgets need to be higher. And 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 this is also shown by the number of B two C startups, but also B two C corporates, normal companies which are there on the B2C market. Those who are there are Germany-based, France-based, UK-based, but all the other countries, the smaller countries or the economically smaller countries in Europe, they don't have a lot of B2C uh, uh, companies or startups. Uh, and I think these are the two main reasons why the scene of venture building is, is just slower, uh, smaller, and more prudent than, than for example, in Asia or You make the point of um, access to talent and landscape, but they're also the point of B2C. You think that venture building can be applied to B2B models as well? Yeah, of course. Of course, definitely. And, and most venture builders which are active in Europe are, are more active on B2B venture building than on B2C venture building. However, if you just take away the opportunity of B2C venture building and you don't take it away, but the percentage is lower, um, yeah, of course, you're... <laughs> Your impact is lower, your, your opportunity is lower. B2B is, is a valuable market for venture building as well. What business models have you seen in the Benelux or even the European market that you really liked? You said, you know what, there's something there. You have different variations. You have, yeah, do you go B2B or do you go B2C? The question on which part of the value chain 
will you will you support? Do you do the, the concept validation? Will you do the, the early stage launching? Will you also do the scaling? Will you be in there for 20 years? This is a variation. And, and then the third one for me is like, okay, do you have a focus on specific industry? Do you focus on um, financial services, on, um, on e-commerce, on whatever industry you want to focus on? In my opinion, the most venture studios, so which is, which is really uh, investment-based, they are focusing on a specific niche because, yeah, as I said, majority um, is, on, is on B2B ventures and then of course this industry knowledge network contacts is very important and also you see quite a lot of, of venture capitalists which are also focused on a set of specific industries and of course one of the successful factors of a successful uh, venture studio is as well building those relationships with the vc network where for a, a standalone startup raising capital is huge time investment for a venture studio built startup it should be a much lower effort just because the network is there the relationships are there and you should build this quality label uh, of successful startups so can you give me a couple examples of companies in europe venture builders in europe that you think have done a great job at this I would say Finleap, although they, they, they decided last year to, to stop their new venture building and, and focus on their current portfolio and uh, on the one hand and on, on, um, on consultancy on the other hand. Um, for me, that's, that's the best example. For me, that's a really difficult question because the venture building area in Europe for me is, is, is much younger, um, less mature maybe than in the united states so the stories are still building and we don't know yet which story will reach an happy end if you would have a billboard for anyone that is trying to build the next corporate venture building service what would it say on the billboard i would say stand up for your ideas people hire you in corporate venturing context for your experience, for your value. You need to stand up for your ideas to also push through that value. Although it's much more comfortable, much more human, much more easy to adapt to the customer. But on this context, I really think the more you adapt to the customer, invisibly, the value will disappear step by step. You know, in, in 10, 15 years from now, how do you think corporate venturing and venture building, if we separate those out, will evolve? Currently, you have venture building and you have consulting. And in the venture building, you create the product and you get paid for the product. Uh, and in classical consulting, you pay for advice, you pay for slides and reports and stuff like that. I truly believe that in 10, 15 years, those two have merged together and and there will not be a lot of companies anymore which are willing to pay for just advice. They will also want the implementation. And if you combine the vision, the advice and the implementation, actually you are doing corporate venturing. So in my opinion, invisibly, the corporate venturing and the consulting will move towards each other. And 
at some points uh, people go question oh, what's still the difference between both of them um so so that's that's really on on the corporate venturing level on a venture studio or a venture building uh perspective currently there are some venture studios around the world quite a lot of them but, but still it's it's limited and they are all working on their recipes on what is now the factor which is making a successful startup but at a certain point of time this will become common knowledge and the huge differentiator which is there of knowing what will make a startup successful which is currently in venture studios will become public knowledge so there will be a need for a different way of differentiating and and i guess this will be experience and network the experience of having done it before 10 20 times and having the network with the crucial stakeholders will be the important uh, factor for for venture studios and of course the venture studios which are active already today um, will have a a, a huge uh, added value because of the years of experience they will have i i agree and anecdotally we we spoke to quite a lot of the big consulting firms like the branded names i don't think it will take 10 years actually this is already happening on the, on the corporate venturing side i think in the next five years at least in asia in tier one markets like Singapore, this is where the world is moving. And, and on, the, on the venture building side, it's already clear that VCs need to justify their added value more and more because capital is, is more and more commoditized. And to different shades, they have to add more value add. And, and that will require them to build ecosystems of value or more and more of their own bench. I suspect it will be more networked models of value creation rather than in-house models of value creation. Uh, and then it will be about orchestrating those. And then of course, the question is, if you, have, if you orchestrate networks, can't you have a product doing that, right? Can't there be a product that starts, think of it like a, your venture builder SaaS that plugs into uh, your, your existing in-house uh, value, which might be either you know, deep expertise in a certain industry, deep expertise in a certain network, a deep network in a certain area, uh, government contacts, but then you have a module that plugs you in and that gives you then this, this superpower where you can do a lot more and orchestrating a network. Do you, do you think that productizing elements of the venture builder ecosystem and value creation is within reach in the next coming years? Definitely, but not all of them. Definitely. I, I, I think not only in venture building, but each company will become more and more modular. I'm amazed that how many companies still have HR department and finance department where they are all doing the same thing and which can be easily industrialized. And this is the same, same with venture building. A lot of the functions which are part of a startup are the same in each startup. And I think this can be centralized, industrialized, and therefore also automated and, and productized. So on, on that level, I totally agree. On the level of the network uh, building, I struggle with, with that statement because I think a, a big part of network building is, is building trust. And trust is, is built by human interactions. And this is really a, a subjective matter. On the network element, on the choice of which partner you will collaborate with and which partner you will not collaborate with. I don't believe this will ever be a fully rational decision and will still be for a big part also a human decision and a, a emotional decision as well. I think there's another aspect to the network component, which is very tricky, which is the 
the idea that if I have the perfect chef to cook me a dinner, but I know he only has the five nights uh, an evening he cooks, do I want to share it on Facebook, making him so popular that he will never be available for me anymore? And I think the same is true for certain types of partners, that sometimes you want to keep sort of your partners close to you because you're hoping that they are exclusive to you and that's a competitive advantage compared to the other venture builder or the other VC. Definitely there's an element of trust, but there's also an element of competitive advantage. And I think that's a tricky one for networks. But I also, be- I believe though that this will be get democratized. So while I think that the human dynamics is what you describe, there's lots of products emerging in that space which are about micro-consulting and these are already democratizing and bundling these monolithic advisory firms or, or partners into very specific functions that you can plug in for 15 minutes for your specific um, micro need. And in that sense, I think products will probably cut through this. I think there's some skepticism that needs to be in place, but I also see that there is a, a lot of stuff moving in this direction, which will be quite exciting to see how it plays out. You mentioned that in Europe, there's only a few examples that you sort of, few models you're kind of more inspired by and you feel that like Europe is sort of a step behind, for example, the US. So when you look at the US market, what are the models that you're really inspired by and why as a venture builder or as a corporate ventures? This is not, not only like US or Europe or, or it, it's independent of, of geography, but I'm, I'm really interested by the model of, of consulting for equity, which is for me the, will be the, the step which consulting will take towards corporate venturing because once you do consulting for equity you're not in it anymore for days or hours you perform but you're in it for the value you create and not only the short-term value but the long-term value if you're in it for long-term value i think you're very very close to corporate venturing and venture building the ways that some companies already shape consulting for equity and not only from a practical point of view but also from a from a legal and collaboration point of view it's really interesting how this is evolving to me because there are a lot of challenges also involved in that somehow you are a supplier and a supplier still has this level of hierarchy between customer and supplier that the customer is always determining how it will go but once you are delivering consulting for equity you need to find a way of collaboration where also the supplier has to be able to influence or even make the decision because the amount they they are actually paid will not only depend upon what they do and how many time they invest, but also on the impact. And this is dependent upon the decisions which are finally taken. So the way this is evolving and, and how people will come up with a successful way of structuring this, this is something I, I really look forward Thank you for listening. If you found this discussion valuable and don't want to miss any future episodes, go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, search for VP Map Podcasts and hit subscribe.